the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. Roster brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold hard cash with their over-under game. Just head to sleeper.com SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's sleeper.com SGP. And make sure to check out our relaunch merch store where you can get all your favorite SGPN gear. Just go to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Welcome everyone to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Friday, July 1st. If you're a true NBA fan, you know what that means. NBA free agency and the start of chaos for the next season of the 2022-2023 season. Here to talk about some more things that have really transpired over the past few days. In fact, it was just yesterday. We'll get to that news here in a minute. We'll talk about some other free agency stuff as well. But here to break it all down with me is a superstar of the show. It's my main man on the East Coast, Terrell Furman Jr. Terrell, how you doing, my man? Oh, man, I'm good. I'm great. I am. It's just hilarious to sit back and watch my co-host team just scramble around and try to figure out what they're doing. Huh. This is this is the life. This is the life. We just everybody else on this side of the city is just sitting back and relaxing. <laughs> and also joining us, uh, we may have to check this man's uh, blood pressure over the last 24 hours. He's, uh, I have to do a couple wellness checks on him as well. It's Scott Studio Rachel. Scott, honestly, tell us, tell the listeners, tell your co-host, how you feeling, my man? Uh, it feels fine. I mean, the New York is kind of, or part of the, of the actual state's upset anyway, because it's Bobby Bonilla Day. So that's a whole separate story in yeah. itself. But as for basketball, the thing is, nothing's really happened yet. So a lot of it is either an immediate panic followed by nothing, or you're going to see the whole team get blown to pieces. And I feel like there's going to be no middle ground, but as of right now, people keep expecting the Nets to be fielding offers and to make trades. Is there a chance they do nothing? Because I really think there's a chance they do nothing. Uh, I'm not he's got, sure. He's got four years left. Like yeah. I, I, I'm not sure if KD's as big of a lock to get traded, as people suggest. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I feel like it's like the whole James Harden thing all over again that we had to go through in Houston where he had several years left on his contract. I mean, the situation was different, but uh, we'll get into that. So obviously, if you guys did not hear the big news yesterday, the uh, catastrophic bomb that we were all waiting for, Kevin Durant has now requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. This after Kyrie Irving decided to opt into his contract with the Brooklyn Nets. Um from what we've read and what I've read, and I'm sure you guys heard the same thing, the two destinations that are rumored uh, right now are the Phoenix Suns and the uh, Miami Heat for Kevin Durant's preferred landing spots. Um, Terrell, we had the, we did the pod this earlier this week. We talked about the Kyrie situation, and we got really in-depth on that, had a great conversation about that. But now Kevin Durant has requested the trade uh, what were your immediate reactions after you heard the news yesterday? 
<laughs> it only it's only supposed to end like this right like it's only supposed to end oh yeah where everybody's looking it's like a, a magic trick and somebody does a magic trick and they're like yes this is the art of distraction keep looking at this Kyrie Irving thing right here meanwhile Kevin Durant's walking and packing his stuff and opening the door and like hey let me out <laughs> it's absolutely hilarious how it, how it plays down like that but it seems like neither player really has an issue with one or the other, but it's just more of they just don't like the Brooklyn Nets franchise. They don't want to play for the Brooklyn Nets anymore. And so we'll see what happens. I'm not really a big speculation type of guy. Don't like doing it too, too often. But he picked – of course, she picked one of the, the one seeds in both conferences that you want to go to. But <laughs> it's interesting to see where do they actually send him because he doesn't have a trade, uh, no trade clause. So they can yeah. send him wherever they want to send him. So who has the best deal for Kevin Durant? Yeah, I think you made a great point there, Terrell, that it's not Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving that have an issue with each other about playing together. I mean, there was even like some things floating out on room or rumors on Twitter that they still maybe prefer, I think of Brian Windhorst who said this, that they still prefer playing together, um, but just not in Brooklyn. So it seems like it's, it's a disconnect between the front office of the Brooklyn Nets and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Um, Scott, let me let me let me turn this over to you. Uh, you're the Brooklyn fan. Uh, sorry, the fan. Um, it, it, it. I feel like it does seem like that he is going to get traded, but I'm not very familiar with the front office of the Brooklyn Nets. Maybe you have a better gauge on that, and maybe you could tell us a little more about it. But what do you think kind of led to Kevin Durant requesting this trade? I think it is the disconnect with the front office. But I mean, if, if at what point do you think that disconnect kind of happened and what kind of led to this disconnect with the front office between KD and uh, and uh, the front office and maybe even Kyrie Irving? Well, this kind of goes into a bit of a conspiracy theory that I have. Maybe it's the first stage of grief is denial, but I think Katie's bluffing. And it seems extremely interesting that Katie demanded a trade the day after Kyrie requested a contract extension, ended up opting in. It seems based on the timing alone that this is a power play by Durant to get his best friend a contract extension with the Nets. And that's how I'm looking at it. I think the timing really lines up for Katie basically saying, you don't want to do right by my friend. That's fine. I'll put some pressure on you and see what happens. But I find it very weird that Durant said publicly, I want to play with Kyrie again, but not with Brooklyn. Because you figure, all right, Kyrie went AWOL last year and left Katie out to dry which eventually caused Harden to want to be traded because KD got injured and Harden was by himself. But the point is, I find it weird after everything that happened last year, KD and Kyrie still to, still seem to be cool with each other. Sure. So I think based on the timing of everything, it's extremely suspicious, and I think it's a power play to get Kyrie a contract extension. So do you think eventually you'll get the, they'll work out a contract extension, or do you think that they're out the door? It's really tough because of the four years left on KD's deal. And I don't know what that even means anymore because we had Simmons who forced himself out having multiple years on his deal. Yep. AD had a couple of years left in New Orleans. He ended up forcing his way out too. Is it just me or does the timing seem too perfect that KD officially drops an atom bomb once his best friend officially is not going to get a contract from anybody else? The timing yeah. seems a little bit too perfect. Yeah, I think that. The timing is a little curious because he opted in the next day. We hear about the 
uh, trade request. And it's, I don't know if it has anything to do or if it's correlated with NBA free agency that, hey, maybe teams are a little timid to make moves or maybe they're putting packages together for a guy like Kevin Durant. Because eventually, if he is traded, uh, you know, we, we, we saw and we were discussing this on Slack channel as well, that it's going to take maybe two all-star players plus picks, plus maybe even pick swaps for for teams that land a guy like Kevin Durant. And there aren't very many teams that have all three of those type of assets that maybe what Brooklyn Nets are going to be looking for. But How many um, of those teams have that? I don't, like, I, from a player perspective, I think Boston probably could put the best package together as far as players. Maybe a Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart type of player. They have, they have picks. Um Again, he's he's not going to go to a team like Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean, I think that it would, it would be funny. It'd be poetry in motion that if that had happened, but with all the picks that they have. But obviously, he would wanted to go to a contender, whether it's Phoenix, Miami, Boston, um, you know, a contending team, right? And I think that I, I personally think, and I think he's out the door. And it, from what I've been reading and all the things quote unquote these reliable sources who have kind of been wrong over the past couple of weeks or is yeah like, I don't I don't believe anybody that's yeah. kind of where we disagree, where we differ because so yeah. far this off season it seems like it's a lot of speculation from everybody mm-hmm. and nobody knows anything so I am not going to try to predict what KD and especially Kyrie have concocted for a plan I just find it weird that KD asks to be traded right after the Kyrie contract situation and then he states publicly oh no I still want to play with Kyrie it seems very weird, but you but did meant- he say that? Did he say that publicly though, or is that just more speculation? I thought that was actually a so quote. Brian Windhorst actually. I was and I was watching the NBA trade dead, or the free agency uh, period that they opened. That he actually did. He's he said that they still want to play together, just not in Brooklyn. But was that was that a quote from KD or was that from Brian Windhorst? That came out of Brian Windhorst's mouth. Okay. Now I'm right, not sure so- if that was translated to Brian Windhorst. From those two guys, or from Kevin Durant, and he said that. But that's what. Okay, that's I just, wanted, kind of to, I just wanted to make sure we clarified that Kevin yeah, Durant yeah. has not gone out okay. and physically yeah. said that. That's no. worth that's worth clarifying, which kind of goes back to my point of maybe KD did not say that at all. Maybe yeah, when made knows it up. And- that's what it. That's ultimately what this all is. That's all free agency is, and that's all what this like what brings out content is like this is because nobody really knows anything but the players, and that's why it's, it's more the the funnest part about this for me. And the best part about this is for me is, did you see the championship odds tank? Yeah. <laughs> did you for see Phoenix? the championship odds tank? Phoenix think, especially. Those odds imploded. If yeah. you think if you think that uh, he stays and that Brooklyn still has a shot, their odds dropped for the championship, like significantly dropped. So if you are one of those people that are interested and says, oh, no, this is like, you know, like how Scott said that this is this is all just a conspiracy and he's just trying to get Kyrie a deal and everybody's staying where they're, where they're playing at. You're getting Brooklyn at 22 to one win championship right now. <laughs> Come on. And so that's what that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at how this has had a, an effect on the market and what team can I buy on now? And if you truly do think that he stays there's nobody that's going to pick put a package together and the nets are going to make all of this go away 22 to 1 for the championship from a team that has kevin durant kyrie on it kyrie irvin on it doesn't sound too bad i am just going to ask though do you guys think i'm reaching or do you think i'm potentially onto something because the timing and the fact that it all happened in the span of 24 hours does seem a little bit weird it does i mean yeah it does you're right i mean it's about the whole contract extension for kyrie irving right like 
They were ready to offer one to James Harden before he wanted to trade out and go to the Sixers. I think Kevin Durant signed his what last was it last year? He signed the contract extension, and the only guy that was left was Kyrie Irving. So, and we talked about this on the last pod. On the last pod is we don't know what the level of commitment is from Kyrie Irving aside from the vaccination stuff and things like that, but. You just don't know what you're going to get from Kyrie Irving. The basketball player, Kyrie Irving, skills-wise, one of the best in the game right now. Uh, but, I mean, there's a lot of baggage, I guess, that that comes with Kyrie Irving. And maybe the front office or the Brooklyn Nets just don't want to deal with that. I do want to push back on one thing that you said, Munaf. You were talking about how KD wanted to be traded to a contender. And we were talking about what the Nets would be looking for. And you said, you know, they're not going to trade into Oklahoma City. They're not going to do whatever. Why not? Who cares where Durant wants to go? He has a no. He, has a, he does not have a no trade clause. Yeah. So I don't know why if KD got everything that he wanted with the Nets, they traded for Harden. They gave him a bunch of money when he had to rehab for one year. Paid him forty million to rehab. They got Kyrie in the building, uh, who was our, of course you know his fa- one of his favorite you know I guess players in the league because he wanted to play with them. Mm-hmm. And then the Nets ended up also bringing in DeAndre Jordan because he was Durant's best friend. They did everything that KD wanted, and now KD allegedly does not want to be there anymore. Why the hell would the Nets care where KD wants to be traded to? Trade him to the team that gives him the best package. Like I don't understand why people say, well, Phoenix and Miami make the most sense. I think Oklahoma City makes the most sense. So if, if they have like four draft picks that can go in the first round, and maybe you throw in a Shea, you're telling me the Nets are going to get a better, a better package than that? Like, I don't know why people just immediately dismiss the Thunder or some of these younger teams that are in the middle of a rebuild or have a lot of assets thinking, well, they have to trade him to a contender. Why do they have to do that? The Nets don't have to do anything. Yeah. Loyalty has gone out the window. I would trade him to Oklahoma City if they had the best package. Yeah, I mean, yeah, as, as a Nets fan, yeah, you, you want to get this uh... – uh, maximize your uh, return for a the keys. Like the Kevin the key is the trade clause. There yeah. is none. Right. So I don't know why people think the Nets have to do right by KD if he actually wants to leave. And the report that he wants to go to Phoenix, that's great for him. I don't I don't know why the Nets care about any of that. Are the Nets supposed to care about that? I don't I don't think so. And, and let me correct myself. the The report that Kyrie and KD still want to play together was was said by uh, Woj, and then. Um, Brian Windhorst said that the Lakers potentially have a package for Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, which I don't know what the hell it would be. Is LeBron in that package? Either LeBron or AD has to be in that package. AD is definitely a package. I don't even think AD would be good enough for that package. I think it would have to be LeBron, if I'm being honest with you. But even LeBron at this point, uh, you wouldn't trade him for Kevin Durant with four years of contract left. Yeah. But Uh, I mean, what else? Terrell, you have any other thoughts on this for about Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving? No, no. I mean, it's just really, like you said earlier, nobody really knows anything. And yeah, I guess it's fun if you find these words, Kevin Durant going to land props, where is Kyrie going to land props? But uh, And the Lakers are still making that aggressive pursuit for Kyrie. They're still yeah. trying to, you know, figure out if this all does blow up, then we should be able to get a deal for Kyrie and go ahead and throw it out there. I mean... My biggest my biggest thing that I said before this is I was like Washington makes it makes sense. You get Bradley Beal out of there and you bring Kevin Durant in, but they just signed that contract for, you know, bag finesse 
lesser amount of money, you know, real scammer type of amount of money. Fifty so, million dollars. So I mean, <laughs> you know, Bradley Bill, Bradley Bill's cool just chilling in Washington and securing a bag, and that's good for him. But I I would have thought a, a nice sign and trade deal with Washington would have been straight ship Bradley Bill and you know, maybe somebody else and some picks out, yep. bring in a Kevin Durant. That seemed like a pretty fair deal to me, but you know, like I said, nobody knows nothing. And this very well could all be nothing. And yeah. this was just content for the first week of free agency. But I just don't see any way, no matter what, the Nets are losing. I don't see anybody in the league that has a package that I could sit here and be like, okay, that was worth Kevin Durant. I, I feel like for the next team uh, odds, which you were talking about, of course, the Heat, the Suns, those teams, even the Lakers, if you want to be, you know, follow, if you want to follow the media and talk about how they can have a blockbuster deal. If I was betting that market, I would take the younger teams with a bunch of picks. Like, I don't think the landing spot matters. It's whoever has the best package. So I would probably take long shots on Oklahoma City or even potentially San Antonio. They just picked up a bunch of extra first round picks if they really wanted to shell them out. Yeah. But if you want to talk about the potential landing spots, all the Nets should care about is getting the most return possible for Durant. And even though Terrell's right, if you trade KD, you're going to lose the trade because KD's going to the other team. But the point is, people keep pointing to Miami, Phoenix, and the usual suspects. I don't know why those usual suspects are even brought up when the Nets really don't need to show any loyalty to KD at all because he showed no loyalty to them. So if you wanted to talk about the odds in that market, which I do not have in front of me, I would probably bet in Oklahoma City. I would bet on San Antonio, and I would look for hell. If the Nets really, if the Nets really wanted to be petty, trade into Orlando. Who gives trade a damn? Get Boncaro, Bell, get like three first round picks. Make a joke out of the situation. I but. can't. I can't make a KD trade without an All Pro. Like I gotta be getting like an All Pro type of player back in that. Trade deal. him to I the Rockets. Know. But Miami's giving you enough. Giving you is not giving you that either. I mean, you're looking no, at what so Miami I would, has. I would not trade with Miami. I wouldn't trade with Miami because I'm not getting Jimmy Butler yeah. back. And, and Adebayo is yeah, an eligible trade. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, he's ineligible to go to Brooklyn. So no, I'm not. I'm not trading with Miami. If I'm talking with Phoenix, I'm like, all right, is Devin Booker on the table? No. All right, well, hang up, Phoenix. There's nothing else. Yeah. I'm not about to just take DeAndre Ayton off your hands and help you. Like, no, I want Devin Booker. So. That's not on the table. All right, hang up the phone. Let's move on next. It's a lot of players that are on that all-pro caliber level. Like, you know, a Boston, like Munaf said, I would talk if, if Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart on the table, all right, then that's a starting point. Now, yeah. again, that's just the starting point. That's yeah. I'm still getting years worth of picks. I'm still getting all this stuff, but those all-pro type of players are just the starting point. So if you don't have that, I'm not even picking up the phone because picks is just one thing. I need something tangible return right now. If you wanted a dark horse candidate for KD, which has not been brought up, what about the Clippers? Is there a yeah. chance you trade Paul George? For a guy like Kevin Durant, I think you would have to, right? I'm saying I don't know if the Nets would take that, but if we're talking about potential landing spots and teams that have the assets, the Clippers don't have many picks. That's the issue because they, yeah. they traded all of them to Oklahoma City. But if you're talking about getting players back in return, we've seen injury issues with Kawhi. We've seen injury issues with Paul George. We know that as of right now, they've spent a bunch of money. Ballmer's paying the luxury tax, and they have nothing to show for it. I think the Clippers have a shot. But if we're talking about my prediction for what the Nets do, and Terrell really hit on it, based on the packages that we've seen, I don't think the Nets have to do anything. 
I think they're going to keep both of them because as far as yeah. I'm concerned, there's not a good package out there. And that's what I was going to say is that, hey, let's say, hey, we have a package from Oklahoma City Thunder. Hey, Kevin Durant, you're going there. Where his options only like, okay, never mind. I don't want to go there. I'll, I'll just stay here in it, Brooklyn. But it's too bad anyway. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, I don't think Katie has any leverage. Yeah. The leverage is, is the argument saying, well, I can pull a Simmons and just sit out for the year. Congratulations. You're Kevin Durant. You're about 35. Yeah. Like, enjoy not playing basketball for a year. And, like, I, I think Katie's too competitive to sit out for a year. Like, I don't understand how people think the players have all the leverage because they demand a trade. If the Nets say, okay, you don't like your situation, have fun in Orlando. What's Durant supposed to do? He's screwed. Yeah. He's okay. So, well, so yeah. I, I don't think he has any leverage at all. The Nets can trade him to whoever he wants. He would have leverage There's if a, he had a no trade clause. Right. Because then he could choose the destination. But if, for example, the Nets say, Hey, Katie, I know you wanted to go to Phoenix, Miami, warmer places. Have fun in Toronto. Like, yeah. wh- what is Durant supposed to do about that? I think he has no leverage at all. It's actually not bad. But I'm saying, I, I, if you want to talk, <laughs> Toronto, no, I mean, whatever. But you he, if Katie goes to Toronto, that's, not, that's actually not appealing. Not bad at all. I mean, like, do, you think all right, Toronto, do you think that Katie would enjoy being in Toronto? I think they'd be a I'd good be team. I think they, yeah, yeah he'd enjoy, he probably enjoy playing basketball there for a little while, but not the weather for sure. The, but. That's what I'm saying. But if the Nets ended up making a trade and the best package was by Orlando, what's Durant supposed to do? Like nothing. Your congratulations. You went from having Simmons and Kyrie to having Cole Anthony. Have fun. Like I, I really don't think he has any leverage at all. Yeah, he he doesn't. And you're right. He doesn't have that no trade clause in his contract. But uh, to wrap up the KD talks, I know we don't really like making these type of predictions here. But Scott, if you had to make a prediction here, do you think that he stays, or which team do you think he ends up with? I don't think he's going anywhere. Uh, once again, uh, if some of it you could claim, I'm trying to be a biased Nets fan that hopes everything works out in the end. (laughs) But it's not even about holding on. If you really look at all of the potential trade packages and the fact that Katie has four years left on his deal, he's aging, so I don't think he can afford to sit out a year if he wants to. Now, could he be hardened and put up two points against Sacramento? Maybe. I mean, he could really just tank it if he wants to. But people just think that the Nets need to trade Katie. They really don't. They're under no obligation to yeah. make right by him. So I don't think he's going to go anywhere. If I was picking one team that I think he could go to, Phoenix is the favorite, but I don't see it unless Booker's involved and they just paid him about $50 million. Yeah. I, I think Oklahoma City is a serious dark horse. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I think they're a serious dark horse because if Oklahoma City decides we are tanking, waiting for the perfect guy to acquire, is there a better superstar that's going to hit the market in the next four years than Durant? Probably not. No. So if they were going to cash in all of the picks, this would be the time to do it. Troy, but I don't think he's going to get traded. Yeah, before we wrap up, Katie, stays put, goes somewhere. What are you thinking? I mean, I don't know. I'm not. I did the, KV, the OKC thing is fun, but I need, I need a player. And while I do really, really like SGA, I need a little bit of a higher quality than SGA. Golden State would be fun as hell. That would be great, a great <laughs> content for forever. But we know that's not happening. I'm kind of with Scott. You know, I think he stays. So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna buy in and just take a 22 to one ticket on the Nets to win the championship. And it's a great price. 
Yeah. yeah, and I don't even have to sit on this ticket the whole time. It's going to get better. Like, if he does stay, that ticket's automatically going to drop in value or uh, raise in value, however. Yeah, raise in value, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's automatically going to raise in value, like, just like that. So, yeah, give me – I think he stays. And just give me a 22-to-1 ticket on the Nets win the championship. That's and even cool. if they trade him, if they end up getting a big package – now, you mentioned Boston. I don't think they would do it. But let's say there is a package out there like Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, couple of picks, whatever. Maybe the Nets flip some of those picks. Like, no, even if they trade Durant or Kyrie, they're still going to have a decent core. Like, it's not like yeah. they're going to suddenly be a bottom two team in the East. Like, they still might make the playoffs anyway. So, if you're going to be getting 20 something to one and the Nets have the players right now to be a five to one shot maybe seven to one now you don't you might think they might, they might not win anyway that's irrelevant the point is if you think that you're going to be getting potentially three times the value that it should be because the nets could be seven to one right now if you had confirmation that katie and Kyrie were going to stay i'm with terrell i think that's a hell of a price for the nets because people are just panicking and thinking the nets have to flip them they really don't yeah i agree i think that you know, as we're kind of talking through it, and we talk about that this is supposed to be one of the best, obviously one of the best players in the league right now, that if you're going to make a trade, you need a monumental return for him. And I, there's not a lot of teams that have everything that the Brooklyn Nets want, right? We've talked about they want two all-pro type of players. They want future draft picks, pick swap, things like that. So at that 22 to price, I agree with Terrell as well. I mean, I think that's a great find there. Um, and then just getting that ticket down because... Maybe, who knows, something happens with the next week or so that they change their minds and, and something does happen that they stay in Brooklyn and who knows, maybe they acquire another piece. And we keep on forgetting that Ben Simmons is still on that roster, on that roster despite him, the, thing, the way things went down with the Philadelphia 76ers, he's still a viable option and, and a great defensive player uh, at that point guard position. So we'll see what happens as... I, I want to just ask one yeah. thing, though, just Go quickly. Ahead. It's kind of a... I don't open up a brand new discussion on the Nets, but... Just a brief question for you guys to answer. What could the Nets have done differently? Because it seems like everything that happened was just based on freak occurrence. Not hired Steve uh, Steve Nash. And that's but, my question to you two guys. Too. <laughs> How does Steve Nash still have a job? Scott, that's a great question. Not hired job. Steve Nash. That would have actually, they probably would, if we were sitting here, they didn't hire Steve Nash, and we were sitting here two years in the future, and they either were already in an NBA Finals or won the Finals by now, I wouldn't be surprised. Steve Nash is actually really bad. But I, but I broke it down on Twitter, and I, I wrote out all of the events that actually happened since they were ended up being together. They took the champions to seven games with a toenail on the line, which would have won the series, Yeah. with Kyrie getting injured mid-series and Harden playing about three minutes healthy and then coming back on one leg for the final couple games of the series. So they got injured. You can argue that Brooklyn would have won the title that year if they even got past Milwaukee. Then Kyrie doesn't get vaccinated. Then KD gets hurt again. Then Harden demands a trade because Kyrie and KD are not playing. So they had to trade him for Simmons. Then they got swept by Boston because Boston was a very good team. And then Kyrie and KD demanded trades. What were the Nets supposed to do? Like, I don't know where they went wrong. You can talk about how the Nets should have surrounded KD with more talent. Like who? You had Kyrie and Harden. Like, I don't know what the Nets were supposed to do differently in the situation. It's always easy in the NBA or maybe even any sport that the, the cop-out is to fire the head coach and hire a new head coach. And and for me, like it, it's like, why is Steve Nash still the head coach of this of this team when you had 
this type of talent when Harden was there and, and these guys. He sucks, but everyone got hurt. Like, yeah. I don't know how you can even look at the situation and say, well, it's the Nets' fault for not doing enough to help Durant. What more would they were supposed to do? They paid DeAndre Jordan 60-something million dollars because Katie said so. And DeAndre sucks. Yeah. So, like, I, I don't know what the Nets were supposed to do. It was unfortunate because, of course, COVID happened and the Kyrie vaccine situation. But my main takeaway as a Nets fan, I really don't know where they were supposed to make a different decision besides bringing in Nash or firing Nash, I should say. And even with that, people got hurt. Even with Nash's coach, would they have won the title if they were healthy? Probably. If they were healthy, they would have won. But the crazy part is that over the last three years, Kyrie, KD, and Harden played a total of 16, 16, won six games together on the floor. So so why is KD disrespected by the Nets? How's that there? Like, what did they yeah, do? I don't know. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we get over to some signing news, let me tell you guys about our presenting sponsor, WinBet. Make sure to get down on Win's bet, $50 win, $200 promotion, where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. Plus the ultimate fantasy football experience, bet $500 or more on sports or casino before July 31st, 2022 and get entered into entered to win the ultimate fantasy football draft experience at Encore Beach Club, including a two-night stay at Wynn Resorts for you and your entire league. Multiple entries allowed. There's so much to choose from and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started. Offer something to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 years or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing, growing plat- platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there, and we at SGPN use it for hours. It's a game-changing product, unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can make money on Sleeper, too, by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, hits in baseball, strikeouts for a pitcher, then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason we're excited about over-under on Sleeper is that's the only app where I can join my buddies' contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can play, where I can see and copy my friends' picks with a tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what you're doing and download the Sleeper app now to play their new over-under game and have fun with your friends and make some money. So on your mobile devices, join our listener group at sleeper.com SGP and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's right. Join our squad and get the, and get the 100% deposit match at sleeper.com SGP. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. All right, guys. We had, um, obviously, free agency open a little less than 24 hours uh, hours ago. And some big signings that did come down. I think the some of, some of the ones are curious. We talked about it during the Kevin Durant discussion. I, I want to start with the Bradley Beal one, guys, because he opted out and secured Bad the bag. chaser. Hey, hey, you going to refer to him as his proper name. It's Bradley Keep a Bag Bill. That is Bradley Keep a Bag Bill whenever you refer to him on this show. Triple B. <laughs> Bradley Bradley Bag Bill. Uh, five hey. years, $251 million yes, sir. with the Wizards. Look, 
Can you really care about really rings be mad about it? Can you be mad at him for taking that amount of money? We don't care about rings. We ba- we chasing bags around here. You chasing a ring? What? what? I, I, yeah, I, I'm not mad at I'm not mad at anybody for securing a bunch of money when they're in the prime of their physical career. But we got to have a discussion about these contracts in the NBA, man. I mean, this this is really something that it's just disgusting to be it's honest. Just, just to look at if you go if you gonna make billions off of me, I'm gonna take my two hundred million. I'm, I'm not blaming Beal. Like, yeah, you hey, do. I'm you. not blaming anybody. Yeah, I'm you not better. blaming him. I'm, I'm just saying you, the, what, the market value of these the, players is crazy. NBA PA. That's what the NBA PA there for. They got that TV deal, and they said, "All right, we finna start shelling out that bag." The players and Bradley Beal said, "I ain't missing that bag." I ain't missing it in five years. I'll go. I'll go be a veteran. Take a veteran minimum. I'll chase a ring there. I don't need none of that. Give me that bag right now. Hey, look, y'all better, y'all better respect Bradley. Keep a bag, Bill. Man, I'm trying to tell you. Look, matter of fact, where's that Wizards uh, championship ticket at? <laughs> you're, you're sold on the pick and roll with Bill and Porzingis. You're sold on that. Three fifty to one. Three fifty. I can't put a dollar on it. I can't put a dollar on three fifty. You can. God. You know, you can. I, I am going to ask you guys, though, since Beal is on the contract, we know Washington's not going to compete for anything. Yeah. Do they make the playoffs? I think they have the talent. If they stay healthy, I think they have the talent to get into the play Playing. Playing. Before you said that, playing. <laughs> Let's it's a combat <laughs> answer, but I think they have enough to get into the playing <clears throat> tournament. I mean, they got a world-class player in Will Barton, Scott. How much more do you want on this roster? I mean, come on. You got yeah, KP, you got Will Barton. But that yeah, that depth squad, though, with Barton and Kuzma? I mean, come on. Barton, Kuzma, they got Monte Morris. They have the young pieces, Rui Achimura. I mean, come on. What more do you want? And then you have your $50 million player in Bradley Beal. But they got Gafford. They got Gafford, though. They have a squad. I mean, they have players on this team. They actually, Johnny, they Johnny actually, Davis. but in all seriousness, yeah, in all seriousness, they do actually have some like young. That's why I thought that a, a Washington trade made sense. I was like, okay, they do got some young talent. Then you got the big piece in Bradley Beal that's going in the trade. That makes sense. But, you know, it looks like that they, they committed to Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal committed to, to the bag. So, yeah. I mean, that's shout out to Washington. Washington can not be the worst in the conference, but absolutely not be the best. They'll probably have something similar to last year where they just win enough games to fuck me over at my under on the win total. That's well, the number's going to be higher, so you <clears throat> might actually get away with taking the under this year. But, well, you were talking about shout-out to Washington because they ended up securing their most talented player since, I don't know, prime John Wall. You can argue that he's actually better than prime John Wall. You can have, you can uh, have I don't think so. I think prime John Wall is better. <laughs> I think prime John Wall is better, but that's the point. Washington hasn't had... Washington hasn't okay. had much talent on their teams in the last whatever. Besides, I don't even know. Like we're talking about prime Gilbert Arenas. Like it's been a rough like twenty something years there for Wizards fans. But they hit MJ. Uh, I mean, yeah. Prime. I mean, technically, yeah. But are we actually sure that this is a good contract for Washington? Because Beal might be the most overpaid player in the league. And I think it's worth having a conversation about. Maybe not now because you have Westbrook and you have a couple of really, really bad deals out there. I don't How much think, is deal actually worth? Yeah, I don't think. I think. He's I don't worth, think he's, a, uh, he's worth a supermax contract for sure. Yeah, he's an all. I don't think player. he makes your team any better. I, I think, think he's an empty. Pro, I think he's an empty stats guy. But I think this goes back to the player point was worth that money though. Yeah, what Terrell was making on the last show is that that that's just market value right now. There, there was probably going to be twenty-five plus teams that are going to offer Bradley Beal the max contract. Right yeah, in. but do you think the Wizards were better off keeping Beal having one year with Porzingis before he's an expiring? But 
Do you think the Wizards would have been better off trading him for several firsts and fully embracing a youth movement? No. Because at the end of the day, old. the record would have been the record with Bradley Beals probably be a little bit better than that record. And you're not getting any closer to a title. You might as well rock out with Beal and again, do the rant. The thing that the NBA does is just wait. And hopefully somebody says, hey, I want to join that your team and play with you. And then you're entitled discussions. That's how all these random teams get in. Nobody was talking about the Brooklyn Nets winning a title 10 years from now, 10 years ago. It, it just randomly Kevin Durant said, hey. I want to play with you. And now they were in title discussions. And that's all NBA teams have to do. You just got to keep your team intact and just pray that one day somebody says, hey, can I come play with you? And you'd be like, yes. Yes, you can. <laughs> I'm just bringing it up because it does seem pretty interesting that Washington would rather be in NBA purgatory. They would rather be a 10 seed chasing a playing spot than fully embracing the fact that their team's not very good and they probably need to get a couple more young pieces. Because how many times does that actually work? Uh, I don't know, but I'm asking for Washington. Like, I don't know how this situation with Beal works. I, I just don't see it. I think if Beal's the best player on your team, you are screwed. I am a firm believer of that. Yeah. All right, so if for- I was running the Wizards, I would have traded him. I don't think it's screwed because I just don't – I truly don't think I don't- that everybody is in it to win a championship. Like, every organization is not in it to win a championship. I don't think the Washington Wizards are in it to win a championship. They're in it to sit here, one, make sure that they keep their the money that's coming in, coming in, and Bradley Beal keeps that money coming in, and they're a borderline playoff team, and I think they're perfectly fine with that until somebody, maybe a magical Kevin Durant, says, hey, I want to come home, and then, boom, now you're in discussion. But I, th- I think you're that, right, I but that, that's, where I, that's where I differ, because if I was running a team, I'm trying to win every year. And I think the no. Wizards basically secured being a mediocre team for the next five years. Yeah, and which is fine. Like, you're, and this is like every, like every team in the NBA, like they know they're not going to be competing for a championship for like the Rockets. Or they're not going to be competing for another three, four, five years probably. Because- but at least set up the framework. Like, try something, at least in my opinion. I understand Terrell's point, though. Some teams aren't trying to win. They just try to make yeah. money. And I get it. Yeah. But, they just traded for Will Barton. You think that's a team that's trying to win? Well, they also got rid of they also got rid of Caldwell. <laughs> no Pope, disrespect. So I, I don't even know. No disrespect to yeah. Will Barton. That's my guy. Oh, disrespect to Will Barton. He's I, I think Barton's a bad player, so yeah, I'll, no, I'll gladly no. disrespect him. We're not disrespecting guys Shout out to here, ZB. but oh my gosh. <laughs> but either way, it just like they just made a trade, a random trade for Will Barton. Like they're not out here trying to go win a championship. They're trying to keep butts in seats and try to make the team somewhat competitive enough to maybe think about getting a spot and what they saw last year is like, hey, when Bradley Beal was healthy, we looked pretty pretty decent last year. So let's just keep playing Bradley Beal, and hopefully we can stay pretty decent. Like, that's all it is. I do like the pickup of the Monte Morris, though, for the Wizards, though. I, I thought that yeah, was a pretty good pickup. The, the point yeah, is that the Wizards are moving chairs. That, that's the point we're trying to say. They're not, yeah. like, trying to make a big move to fully become a threat in the East. They're kind of just content with – you know, stalling and being a mediocre team that's going to fight for a for an eight seed and hope fans show up. And I understand that. I understand why. That's why they kept Beal. If I'm running a team, I'm trying to win a title. And I don't think Beal's going to get you there, especially getting paid fifty million dollars. Yeah. Uh, before we get over to the Zion uh, contract, I don't know we have some thoughts on that. Uh, as of about fifteen minutes ago. And all-star Zach Levine has agreed to a five-year, $215 million max contract to return. Boy, y'all better get y'all bag. I'm return. trying to tell you. Y'all better go get that bag, bro. I'm trying. Look, now, these is, these is baseball numbers. Y'all thought this was the NBA game. This is the MLB gambling podcast because we giving out baseball <laughs> contracts to everybody out here. Yes, sir. 
Zach, Mr. Licker Doorknob Levine, go get your bag. <laughs> Do you think Beal is worth about seven more million per year than Levine? Because I think Levine's arguably a better player. Mm. Nah, I'm, a, I'm, a, nah. I, I'm taking I like the guy. Beal. I'm taking the guy. I think Beal's. I think Beal might be better, but I think it's close. That's what I'm saying. Fifty. I just can't wrap my head around I'm, Bradley Beal getting fifty. I'm taking the guy. I, I just can't wrap it. I can't wrap lost. it around my head. Barely lost to Steph Curry as a scoring champ. I'm taking that guy. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's, he also has that injury issue. So is Levine. But the point is, I, I think Beal probably is better. I'm saying you can make an argument because they both made All Star teams. They both been successful. Two hundred. I don't know. Bradley Beal's taking his team to the playoffs. Bradley Beal's taking his team to the playoffs. He has. Yes. When has he done that? I think he's only won. They they just went. They just had a playoff series against the Seventy Sixers where they got swept with Westbrook. When Westbrook averaged a triple double the whole year. Oh wow! We just sit here talking shit about Westbrook for a whole season. Yeah, I'm talking shit about him because he was, he was good with Washington. Why are we? Why are we now adding Russell Westbrook into this equation? Because you're talking about making the playoffs. The like, all right, congratulations. You know, you had a a a max yeah, he, contract I'm player saying, next to you, and you got your I'm ass saying. kicked in the playoffs. Like that's the I'm getting a scoring champ. I'm getting a score a guy that was almost a scoring champ and has the level to be a scoring champ and took his team to the playoffs against a guy that can score the basketball. I think you're, I think in both cases you're paying fifty million dollars for a Robin. Yeah, that's uh, not good. It's the market. It's the market. I know yeah. it's the market. Robin that's the problem. 50, my my issue is not what the players get. As you paid. see with Jokic, as you see with Jokic, Batman makes sixty. Yeah. My <laughs> issue is not with the players themselves getting paid. Good for Levine. Good for Beal. Good for Zion. Good for Booker. Good for all these guys. My issue is that because you have seen the salary cap grow because of the media deals. The NBA front offices have more money than they know what to deal with. Yeah. And these are some of the worst contracts I've seen in a long time. These contracts, especially the Zion one we're about to get to, is disgusting. This is one of the worst contracts. I mean, it could work out, but I, I just I, I can't. I have the, never these seen NBA this. front offices are making me lose my damn mind. I just can't handle it. I'm going to say this. I know a lot of viewers can't see when we're recording or nobody can see. I, I, I just can't, man. I the can't. amount of hand movement and, and I can't. The, the head bobbing and his hands to his scratching. Hands right. Why couldn't I, I be six foot five? Really I just wanted, to, I wanted to be six foot five. I wanted to get a bag. Why I just couldn't I be, be cool with five? these guys so they could slap me a million? Because like that million ain't going to hurt you. Like I, We could be cool. You could just slap me a million on the table. And you wouldn't even realize it's gone. Like, that's it. Like, yeah, speaking you, you don't of need Zion. to OBJ handshake like 15K into somebody's <laughs> hand on TV. But you can slap it you know underneath but wasn't that jamar jefferson not i'm not uh justin jefferson no it was it was it was uh odell yeah giving it to 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 jefferson yeah yeah it was jefferson yeah that was justin jefferson but it was odell and on tv just hands him 20k (laughs) like you don't have to hand me a stack on camera but you know i'll take something on the side there but I'll let you guys talk about it because the main contract I got, I got to focus on here is the Zion one. I mean, that's let, the one let, that jumps off. Yeah, let's let's get to the Zion one. So New Orleans Pelicans five year rookie max contract section worth up to two hundred and thirty one million dollars for Zion Williamson, which will keep him committed through the 2027-2028 season for the New Orleans Pelicans. Scott, I'll let you lead this one off, my man. Go ahead. The argument is. Somebody would have paid him. That's the only argument people have. It's just based on what the market value technically is. There's no way you can convince me that a guy who's played 85 games in three years combined is suddenly worth 40 plus million dollars per year. Like, this is what I'm talking about. And this is the main contract where it's immediate red flags. 
for comparison, it's like that Mozgov contract with the Lakers where people realize that one offseason that role players are about to make way too much money and we have to shut it down. The max contracts in the NBA today are broken. And I have to at least acknowledge it because there needs to be some type of either health requirement where you have to play X amount of games or there has to be something in place to prevent the market from dictating how many millions of dollars players make that clearly don't deserve it. And the upside is obviously there. I'm not saying that Zion's a bad basketball player. When healthy, he's probably a top 20 player in the league. I think he's that good. The problem is he has not played more than 62 games in a single season. He hasn't played in over a year, and you're paying him 40-plus million dollars. The salary cap situation with the media deals and the fact that you have a lot of players with player empowerment and how the market wants to dictate what these players are worth, the value of NBA players is broken right now, and this is the contract I have to point to to acknowledge it because this contract – based on what we've seen so far from Zion, might be the least deserved contract in the history of basketball. Yeah, and, and right after the the Shumps broke the news about the contract, it said the deal is expected to include protections that both sides were sorting through overnight and will finalize. So I don't know what those protections mean. If there's like a disclaimer in there or, or clauses in there. <clears throat> There's hate. no way you would you would green light he has to play X amount of games. It's probably going to be if he averages X points per game or records maybe I don't know, 500 rebounds or like some random numbers you can throw in there which yeah. would suggest him staying healthy. So maybe that'll reduce it a little bit. But based on the framework of this deal, Munaf, is this one of the worst mo- max contracts ever given out in the history of the sport? Because it really feels that way. I think so, too. I mean, just be, like you mentioned, he's only played 85 games in three seasons and one season where he had 62. But look, Zero it, it, yeah. And in that one season, he did look like he, he you know, he was he's not star. He's top 20 player, top 15, top 20 player in the league. <clears throat> and it's just about staying healthy. Right. I think and that's always a conversation we're going to have with all these contracts. I have guys that. You know, we had we saw Zach Levine who just got paid coming. You know, he had a torn ACL, right? And, and we've had players that, like Zion, is a prime example right now that he only played 85 games. But if he comes in a season and plays again 65, 70 games, and he looks like the player that he was in that all where he had that season where he looked like an All Star, I think it's going to be worth it. But I think that there's a greater risk right now for the New Orleans Pelicans with this contract. Uh, of getting an average of $46.2 million per year for Zion Williamson. But we'll see, man. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think, again, it is a bad, bad contract, but I think Zion can live up to it. And you could argue that New Orleans didn't have a choice. And you could, they that, that's a very fair that's point. What, but And that's 100% what I was going to say. Thank you very much, Scott. They didn't have a choice because guess what? John Moran just got that bag, and they came out that same class. And regardless of what you do, it's always about what the man next to you do. And John Morant was getting the bag and he was getting that extension and he wasn't going to get any more money going anywhere else. But they could only get that amount of that amount that he got. He could only get from the Pelicans. He can't go somewhere else and get that as part of the max rules with the rookie contracts and stuff like that. They're trying to keep people in the small markets. They didn't have a choice because if they didn't offer him anything, Oh, now he's mad. Now he doesn't want to play. It completely rope tied the Pelicans into giving him this contract, knowing not knowing what the future holds. And I mean, it's 
it is what it is. That's the collective bargaining agreement that everybody agreed to. And that's how the players kind of get some of their power back. And they had they had to offer it to them. They had to offer it to them. Yeah. When you say uh, some of their power back, it feels like they have at least 85% of the power at this point. Like, I understand the idea of the player and power movement and how you want players who make all the money for the league to control their destiny. This is getting out of hand. But you, you really can't start requesting trades with three years left on your deal and getting paid a boatload of money because you know one team's going to do it. At some point, probably during the next CBA, when you're having a serious you know type of labor negotiations or whatever, there's going to be a lot of issues because I think the players have too much power at this point. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it straight up. I think they should have some power, but this is yeah. this this is crazy. Yeah, I mean, I mean look, I'm not mad at it. <laughs> I, I mean, good for look, them for getting paid. I'm just yeah, acknowledging it though. Like it's yeah. it's this is just absurd. But the thing is that they also like the, like you mentioned, like the front office have the money to like spend on these players. So I like. But what's the point though? If you can sign them and then you you immediately either tank games or demand that you want out when you're not happy two years into a five year deal. But this is just absurd. This is crazy. But then it yeah. goes back to it, then it goes back into the days where players weren't getting paid nothing and players were contributing it all these to these franchises and they were getting pennies on the dollar. I'm fine well, with the money, even, but they, they need to add they need to add provisions like you have to play at least sixty percent of your contract or like something. But like you can't be signing deals for the money just to immediately demand out a year later. Like there has to be some type of middle ground that's going to be reached during the CBAs. But the player empowerment movement, it's been successful. I think it's been too successful because I, I don't know that, how you're supposed to run a team. It's a slippery nowadays. slope because you talk about that, but teams can go and trade a player whenever. Like you can sign somebody to a contract and then trade them. And just like that, and that player has no say so or whatever. And you're like, oh, well, you didn't have a no trade clause. And it's like, well, you didn't honor the contract. I signed that contract with you. I didn't sign that contract with them. Like I signed to play with you for five years. You can't just trade me or blah, blah, blah. So I think it's a slippery slope. And I mean, it, Depending on what's going on, people are always going to feel like the other side has more power. But I'm not I, – I just don't – I don't have a dog in the fight, honestly. It's like, A, he he got market value for being one of the top rookies in the league. And the market value is a rookie max contract, and that's what the market max contract is. Regardless, he played it or not, if we sit here we look at that draft class, we're going to say the two top people of that draft class is John Moran and Zion Williamson. So – he got what he, he got. What he just deserved. Who yeah, and I, two, the, right? the key words there is market value, which is where I have the serious problem with it because, based on the things that are set in place for rookie max extensions, they got to tweak some things because there's no way a guy that got that only played 85 games under his rookie deal should be getting paid 40 million a year. That's so, great. So all right, but so let's say this. Let's say he goes out, he plays the entirety of this contract and he looks great. He's an all pro type person, leads them to a Western Conference final, blah, 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 blah. Like, what's the problem then? The point is the fact that the front offices have to really just dive in blindly and pray everything works out. The issue that I'm making or the issue that I have I don't know how GMs are supposed to run basketball organizations nowadays because you can get everything set up perfectly. And if your star player decides he doesn't want to be there, you're fucked. You, you, you can't do anything. Like, I don't know how you're supposed to, because it's a business at the end. And I get that the players want to watch out for themselves. I just don't understand how the people that are paying them these insane contracts 
are still being held hostage by players who suddenly wake up one morning and decide, I don't want to be there anymore. How are you supposed to actually run a functional organization if your players can jump ship at any time they want? I, I just don't know how you're supposed to run a team. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's I think it's just part of the new NBA. I think it's part of the new NBA and where it's not the the front office is making all the decisions for the players. The players are taking their power back because it was a lot of time that players had no they had no control in saying I, I get stuff. it. I just think and, they over. I'm, I'm saying is no, but I don't think it's a over. I think it's just now you have to figure out that new balance of power of, hey, yes, I got you here. And I got you the star player to come play with me. But now I have to figure out how to keep you here. I have to keep de- designing teams to win. I have to keep making sure that, hey, X, Y, and Z, all this is going. I think that is all part of the new front office. And they hire a bunch of people to go make sure that stuff. And sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. And players are just like, all right, I'm ready to go. And, you know, it sucks for the small market teams. But that's the state of the league right now. And it's really not much you can even like, even in a collective bargaining agreement, there's nothing that you can really take to say that if somebody says they don't want to play and they say, all right, I'm just not going to play this contract. It's either trade. We went, we went from the players or... having no power to basically a hundred percent power. So when you're talking about the balance, there is no balance. This is completely lopsided to the other side. That's basically where we're at. It, look, it, it, and, and what Terrell said that it's it's now shifted into a players' league. I mean, at at a point when these when these owners are making billions of dollars, Terrell said earlier that hey, it's time for the players to cash in and, and they're securing their bags. And Bradley Beal did it, Zion's doing it. A lot of these max contracts that came down, a lot of these are well deserved, right? John Moran well deserved that super max deal. Yeah. Nikola Jokic back to back MVP winner well deserved. But I understand what you're talking about that it's more of a risk when you're when you're. Signing players like Zion, who's only played 85 games in, in three in three seasons. But to, again, to Terrell's point, that if he comes over the next couple of seasons, he plays 60-plus yeah. games and looks like a superstar top 20 player, you know, <clears throat> then the contract's fully worth it. But it's, again, there's a lot of money that's going around in the NBA. Yeah, I was about to say. It's, it's, there's a lot of money. Basically, you're either paying a player because you know what they're worth and you, they've seen their worth, and you're just hoping that worth extends to the next few years, or you're you're banking on, hey, this person is going to be really good for us, and they're going to, you know, this is all going to work out. It's like the, you know, it is. What it, it feels is. like a poker hand. They basically it's, just went all they went all in trying to hit potentially like an open end or straight or something, you, and they're hoping it works out. But if you didn't believe I mean, Zion could work, what could you have done? You could have traded him. But this might also goes back to my point he, though. If you feel like that you are out of the like Zion Williamson is didn't deserve this money. He didn't have all this. Well, guess what? You can put him on the trade block, and I'm almost 100% positive you would have gotten a pretty decent return for somebody that only played 85 games in three, in three I games. Am, I am just throwing it out there, though, that one point, the final point I'm going to make. Stars complain about the front office's inability to create a quality roster around them, which is why they want to leave. How the hell are you supposed to create a quality roster when you're overpaying your superstar by about $15 million per year? Like, oh, well, can, does Zion have any right? Does Zion have any right to complain a couple of years down the road about not having a good enough supporting cast when he's getting paid more money than he should be by probably about fifteen million per year? And that's why Bradley Beal is like, yo, <laughs> Beal has like, no right to complain. He's not even going to play. Like, like he knows right. like that get Washington team's not going to go anywhere in the yeah, next five six years. Like, hey, I'm going to get paid fifty million dollars a year. I'm going to secure money for generations in my family. And that's what it's going to be. 
Uh, that, like, that's we can't fault them for that, right? It's, right? It's, yeah. it's the same thing. It's the same thing in the NFL when you talk about these supermax deals for the quarterbacks, and they take up a certain percentage of their salary cap, which is all a max deal is. It's just saying that you are allowed to spend this certain amount of percentage of a salary cap on one player, and you haven't seen anybody with those supermax deals in the in the NFL go out and win a championship. <laughs> you see Tom Brady going out there taking $25 million deals and like, all right. Restructuring thinking, every year. Yeah, restructuring. Yeah. And they have a whole bunch of things. And the NBA players are just like, nah, I'm ready to get my bag. Now, at some point, somebody's going to say, nah, you know what? Pay me. I got enough money through all this. Pay me a lot less and I'm a top quality guy and get me these guys around me. And then that team's going to look really good. But right now, everybody's chasing the bag. So, hey. I'm a little bit worried that the Zion contract is going to be the Christian Kirk contract where they're going to look back on it and say, we got to change something because Kirk got paid that money from Jacksonville and the entire wide receiver market fell basically exploded. And now you're seeing all these wide receivers getting paid a boatload of money. It does seem like if the Zion contract doesn't work out and if he gets injured again, and basically the exact thing we saw the first couple of years, that's going to be a main point, I think, in the CBA discussion, especially with the rookie max deals. They're going to have to weigh these differently or scale them in a separate way because I, I get the, that the salary cap is increasing, which is why you're seeing more money going around. It, this is just uncharted territory that I really just can't get behind. I think this is just ridiculous. But Nonetheless, nonetheless I'm – taking a 40 to one ticket on the Pelicans to win the championship. Oh, I love the Pelicans as a team. Yeah. Like if Zion yeah. stays healthy, this team actually has a shot to make the finals. Yeah. But I'll take that 40 to one ticket and a 21 ticket on them to win the Western conference finals. No matter what I'm betting on, on those in my pocket, just sit no, in my pocket. no matter what the one ticket I'm guaranteed to have, I'm betting Willie green to win coach of the year. And I'm probably going to bet the Pelicans over for win total. Yeah, I was going to say last year we pounded the under for the Pelicans. So I think this that was year, our best bet. Yeah, we might want to take mm-hmm. the uh, looking at the over. Um, it, we'll, we'll talk about teams later in the series, but uh, I want to I want to briefly discuss the Dejounte Murray trade that actually went down. But do you have any other contracts you guys want to discuss before we get over to the Dejounte Murray news? Any okay. thoughts on Bradley? On oh yeah, what? yeah, get your bag, <laughs> get your on bag, who? like Booker. I mean, no, it's the same conversation that. Somebody was going to pay him, and Phoenix did it. I think Booker was one of the more deserving players because he was a top five MVP candidate. They made the finals. I know he wasn't great in those finals, but the point is they've had a couple of deep playoff runs. The question is, with Aiden potentially leaving and Chris Paul being past his prime or maybe even being shipped off in a year or two, can Booker lead you? And I don't know the answer to that, but I thought that based on the team success for the last couple of years, Booker was the most deserving besides maybe jaw of course but that's based on age or Jokic. scott let me ask you or Jokic, Jokic yeah. a separate category yeah. i mean yeah. Jokic is say, just the no, yeah no. two-time mvp say, you're paying him whatever Jokic, yeah. Jokic two-time give him a key to the city give him 20 percent of the franchise ownership stock like no you're you're paying Jokic anything he wants scott if you got to pick a player between devin booker and bradley beal to lead you who would it be booker okay it's not, it's not even close. Booker's made it to a finals. Booker has been a top five MVP candidate. Hmm. Bradley Beal has hmm. done absolutely nothing as the lead dog well, of the team. Well. It's a no-brainer Booker for me. And I get the argument. Well, Chris Paul I, was I, there. Eight yeah, was there. They had supporting cast. A... I get it. I get it. Booker's it, also been more durable. It's a, and I think that's a yes, deciding factor as yes. well. Beal can't stay healthy. 
It's a conversation, though. It's a conversation. I, I just, I don't know. Maybe we forgot. Maybe, you know, Men in Black Neuralizers came down. Bradley Bill was really good. Oh, no, he's a bucket. Bradley Bill is really I get good it. at basketball. So. He's a bucket. But, yeah, so. okay, so you said it's a conversation. Are you yeah, taking okay. Booker or are you taking Beal? I'm probably still, I'm probably still taking Booker, but I'm just okay. not like, I'm not sitting here like, oh yes, absolutely. I'm like, oh, well, hold on now, because that that guy Bradley Bill is, is like that too. But I've I've been a, a Devin Booker fan since. Manoff, what about you? Uh yeah, Booker for me as well. He has a playoff experience. We've seen it like over the last two years. I mean, I know they choked away Game Seven last or this past season, but I mean. When Booker's on, man, yeah, he he's he's a top ten top. At least Booker player. tries on defense. He's not good at it, but he yeah. tries. Beal's one of the worst defenders in the league, but I've also been anti Beal for several years. I think he's one of the most overrated players in the league. He's a great scorer. I get that he's a bucket, but yeah. his flaws are similar to, to be honest, DeRozan's flaws back 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 when he was with Toronto. I mean, I know they had some playoff runs. They had Lowry. They had a good supporting cast. If he's the best player on your team, you're screwed. Yeah. All right, guys, uh, let me tell you guys about the SGPN merch store. We've relaunched the SGPN merch store. Tons of awesome gear for your favorite SGPN shows like the NBA Gambling Podcast. So if you're a fan of the NBA Gambling Podcast, and I know you guys are, go over to the store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com. That's store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com to pick up some nice gear, some T-shirts, some hoodies uh, for the uh, – all the shows across SGPN, but especially for the NBA Gambling Podcast. So make sure you get over there, store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Last but not least, let me tell you guys about IP Vanish. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I... Use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, and even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free. So all you got to do is go to IPVanish.com SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% in savings. That's IPVanish.com slash SGP. All right, guys, uh, last topic I wanted to get to here before we wrap up the show uh, for today. It's the trade for DeJounte Murray to the Atlanta Hawks to pair with Trey Young. Uh, I think it was three first-round picks, a couple of pick swaps, and Danilo Gallinari. He's now on the Celtics, by the way. Yeah, uh, who got waived by the Spurs, who's now signing with the Boston Celtics, is Danilo Gallinari. But... Uh, Terrell, let me start with you here. How do you, do you see this fit between DeJounte Murray and Trey Young? I know they're both point, I play the point guard position, but I'm, I'm thinking now that Trey Young's going to be more off the ball and DeJounte Murray's going to be running that offense. But how do you kind of like the pairing here of DeJounte Murray and Trey Young? Yeah, I'm already sitting on a Trey Young MVP ticket. So that's how I, that's how I feel about it. I'm already sitting on a Trey Young MVP ticket at 40 to 1. And this is at 40? 40 to 1. Okay. Yeah. And so, 
this is what I've talked about in the draft where I said they need to get another person that can handle the ball, somebody that can kind of come in and pseudo do for what Tyrese Maxey did for the 76ers or what Jalen Brunson was able to give the Dallas Mavericks when Jason Kidd got involved. And that's another ball handler to one, take off the pressure off the star. And so that you can't just sit here and trap the star as soon as they take the ball up the court. But you can also play some off ball, get them some better looks and get them into a different position to score the basketball. And that's what DeJounte Murray gives the Atlanta Hawks and Trey Young. And so I'm all in. I think that Trey Young is somebody who is going to be a danger threat to lead the league in scoring over the next couple of years. I think that he has, if he leads the league in scoring, he's automatically going to be in it for the MVP at that point in time in the conversation. And he'll probably get a vote or two, which will either give me a chance to get out of this bet or to go all in and say Trey Young gets the MVP. But I think that this is a great pairing for them offensively. I think this does a lot for them offensively and opens them up more offensively. Now, do I think that this changes the Atlanta Hawks team outcome? No, I think that they're still a playoff team that may win a, a series or not. And that's ultimately all they're going to be. But I think that this is really, really good for Trey Young. And I'm looking forward to Trey Young's outlook for the rest of the next couple of years while DeJounte Murray's here. Yeah, I like the one point that you did make that this now takes the uh, pressure off of Trey Young of having to run the offense and, and be that ball uh, or be the guy that runs the offense. Now you bring in a guy like DeJounte Murray, who can be the point guard of this team and let Trey Young play off the ball and gives them another ball hander on the floor with Trey Young. So, you know, we could see Trey Young this coming season score 30 points per game and lead the league in scoring this season now playing off the ball. And you have another player in Dante Murray who can get to the basket, create his own shot, knock down those mid-range jump shots as well, and get to the free throw line as well. So I think that's going to be huge for the backcourt. And I think more importantly, like you mentioned, uh, for Trey Young to really just go out and score baskets for this team. Uh, Scott, thoughts on the pairing of Dante Murray and Trey Young? I think it's a great, I think it's a great trade for Atlanta. We're talking about the offense. I think one of the main reasons why they got it was for defense because sure. Trey is actually the worst defender in the league. <laughs> and DeJounte was a former first team all NBA defensive guy. So I do think that a big reason why they got DeJounte was the fact that Murray's a great overall player. I think he's a top 30 player easily. I think you can argue that he's top 25. He is very solid offensively and defensively. Defensively, is extremely underrated. Now, the issue that you could run into with Trey having the ball in his hands, is DeJounte a good enough spot-up three-point shooter? I don't know the answer to that. He's more of a mid-range shooter, so we'll see how that works itself out. But I think it's a great pairing because DeJounte is so good defensively that he can at least try to cover up for Trey Young's ineptitude on defense. So I think that's going to help out. As for the Spurs... I hope for their sake they're trying to package a deal for Durant or something because I don't know what the hell they're doing. Like I, The Spurs are so screwed, and there's no way around it. They are in line to be one of the worst teams in the league. They're probably going all in for Victor. We'll see what happens there in the upcoming draft. But the Spurs, I can't grade this trade properly. I get they got a bunch of picks. They're going to be terrible for a, for a long time. They're going to be awful. So good for Atlanta. There may be a dark horse in the Eastern Conference. Respect to them. They easily won the trade. I get what San Antonio is doing. I'm confused why they're doing it now that Popovich is about to retire. But whatever. That's my takeaway. I think it's a great trade for Atlanta and a pretty uninspired deal by San Antonio. Where do you think this place is Atlanta in the Eastern Conference now? 
Are we assuming that Durant and Kyrie stay together? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. I, to mean, go- since we, I think we all agree that they – I think uh, universally we agree that they are going to stay put. Yeah, let's just assume that they stay in Brooklyn. Okay, well, I'm thinking in my head. I think Milwaukee's the best team in the East. Uh, you got Philly in there with Harden taking less money to help the supporting cast. Sorry, the Philly Rockets uh, somewhere yeah, in there. Get it right. Get it right. The Celtics, I don't know because they were so good the second half of the year, but on paper, I still feel like they can improve a lot, and I, I don't think they're really going to do much. So the Celtics, maybe. Uh, I would say Atlanta's probably somewhere around the 4-5 range. Miami. Yeah, I was going to say Miami as well, too. Yeah, I'd say Atlanta's probably 4-5. Okay. What do you yeah, think? Fair enough. Yeah, I would probably put them at 4-5 range. I think that you're right. Milwaukee, probably the best team, assuming that Brooklyn and those guys stay together. You obviously I didn't have- I didn't mean to forget about, about Miami, by the way. So oh, yeah. potentially sixth. But yeah. Atlanta would be a guaranteed playoff spot. A dark horse team to make, you know, a deep playoff run. They're still drastically overpaying John Collins, but you know that's oh, part of the territory the now. Don't worry about it. He's about he to might be out the door soon. But the point yeah. is, if he is out the door, They're I'm gonna have to him. wait to see what Atlanta does with that cap space instead. But as of right now, assuming they don't make another move, they're a five, a four through six seed. Uh, Terrell, same question. Mm, yeah, somewhere around it. Somewhere around it. Maybe, maybe a little lower. Wouldn't be surprised, but I, I think that. That's basically where they're at. I can't put them any any higher than that. But if they get John Collins out the door, and this is what I'm still watching for, and nobody's talking about him because – but if they bring in DeAndre Ayton, then, yeah, skyrocket that. Because I still think that there's a possibility that that Collins for Ayton and some compensation compensation trade, signing trade still goes Capella down. there too, no? Yeah, oh, we're, so we're, like, we're talking about Collins because of the contract. Yeah, but I'm saying I think Capel is more likely to be traded than Collins in my no, opinion. No, I'm saying he's but I'm saying if you throw in some type of Collins uh and Capella, some deal, some type of deal at the Suns to just get DeAndre Ayton off of their hands because he's obviously the girlfriend that they just don't want around anymore, then I think that they're gonna be very, very interesting and that's gonna jump it for me. But I'm waiting to see what happens with the John Collins things because I think that that's a trade that's just waiting to happen. Do you think there's a chance that Capella or John Collins or maybe mainly Capella heads over to Utah for Gobert? No. I think I think that there's other teams in the West that wouldn't let uh, Gobert go away for something like that. I think that I, I don't think Utah would, would do that. I, I don't think Collins is good enough of a player to get for Gobert. You can make an argument that Gobert is the best defensive center since Ben Wallace, like you can make an argument with that. So based on Gobert's value defensively and the fact that Utah, I know that he gets, he's the scapegoat for the playoff failures, but I mean, Utah didn't have any guys on the perimeter who can guard anybody. I'm not blaming Gobert for that at all. I think there are better trade packages out there for Gobert than John Collins and Capella. I trust the Jazz to mess it up. I just don't think they're going to mess it up to the Hawks. That's a next level mess up if they trade Gobert for Capella and John Collins. Like, that's the next level bet. I did find it curious that right after the the request by Kevin Durant that they traded for Royce O'Neal for a first-round draft pick. Did you guys find that curious? <laughs> I, I, I just assumed that it happened before this. all this. Like, they they signed and inked the deal, and then Kevin Durant walked in the office and was like, oh, yeah, guys, I want to be traded. <laughs> and they're like, fuck, we needed that pick. <laughs> like, I, I just assumed that's how it happened, but... Nah, it was, you know, 
wrestling is a, a cool little piece to have. It was interesting for a first, but you know, Brooklyn's first aren't really good for much anymore nowadays. Well, they're about to be really uh, a lot more in value if Kevin Durant leaves, but yeah. they're not really good for much. So, for the record, it's Philly's 2023 pick, so it's it's going to be a late first round pick. I yeah, mean, yeah. it's not going to be lottery based. I still think it's a terrible trade because I don't think Royce O'Neal's a very good basketball player, but I saw the Nets trade a first-round pick for Landry Shamit before, so I guess this one's not as bad. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I get it. All they right, also uh, lost Bruce Brown, so they needed somebody to fill the small forward spot. He or, ended up in Denver, right? It's a, I think that's the best contract of the offseason so far. They got yeah. Bruce Brown for two years, $13 million. Not oh. each. I mean, like a total of $13 million. I don't know how Bruce Brown's only worth about six and a half in this market. That's yeah. a hell of a deal. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, that will do it for this edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. A lot of great offseason topics so far. We talked about the Kevin Durant stuff and also the uh, some of the contracts that were handed out as free agency opened a uh, little under 24 hours ago in the NBA. Uh, Terrell, anything else you want to get off your chest before we get out of here, my man? Nah, just so to actually throw out some bets. I'm I'm interested in Nets twenty two to one right now because I don't I, I just can't see this working out where they reasonably trade Kevin Durant for anything. And if they trade him for anything good, it's probably gonna be really, really good. So twenty two to one doesn't sound too bad. Trey Young, I had a forty to one MVP ticket. Not sure where it's at right now. Trey Young MVP and whenever they drop the scoring title odds, I'm hopping on the scoring title too. So yeah, and uh, Pelicans forty to one win championship. Very interested in that. I think that that's going to drop. Yeah, Trey Young down to thirty to one for regular season MVP uh, right now. Oh, uh, that's my and... fault. My bad. Didn't mean to move the market. Yeah, thanks a lot, Terrell. Uh, and then, do you have yeah. any thoughts on MVP by the way, Terrell? Uh, no, not uh, besides Trey. Do you have? Do you just only have Trey right now, or you? Have oh, uh, guys oh no. So Trey was the Trey was the glory, like the the shiny toy that was staring at oh, me. Okay. But if we sit here and we talk about MVP, I mean. I, I, what, what, moving off, read down the list real quick while we got a little quick look. All right. Yeah. So, uh, favorite right now, Luca plus 475, Joel Embiid plus 550, Giannis plus 750, John Morant and uh, Nikola Jokic are at 10 to 1 each. And then it's Jason Tatum and Kevin Durant 12 to 1, Steph Curry 17 to 1, LeBron 20 to 1, and then it's Devin Booker at 22 to 1, and then Trey Young at 30 to 1. So, regardless of advanced stats and how good his numbers are, we're tossing Jokic in the garbage, right? Yeah. He's not winning three in a row. It's not happening. No. I mean, he's not winning three in a row. He unless he to, puts up Will Chamberlain numbers, he, he I don't think he's winning. He would literally have to put up something crazy for him to win three in a row. He's not winning three in a row. I don't see that happening either. I have, I have two that I like as well, of yeah. right now. Go ahead. Uh, well, Luca's the favorite. I understand it. Plus, he's been playing with Slovenia for the FIBA, so he should actually be in shape for the yeah. start of the season. Uh, I would. I mean, I know he's the favorite. I don't know if there's any value on it, but he hasn't won it yet. I'd probably look at him. Embiid's tricky because his numbers were so damn good, and he's in line for such a makeup MVP award. But I don't know if he can stay healthy, which is really the tricky thing. I think Giannis is a must bet. Plus, seven plus seven fifty is so disrespectful for Giannis. That is actually insane because Giannis won two in a row. You knew that they weren't going to give it to him the third time around. And then he somehow still ended up becoming a candidate because he was so good at the end of the year that they kind of threw him in there at the end. But he's the best player in the world. So 
Giannis should, worst case scenario, be the second favorite in this spot because you know Giannis, A, is pretty durable. B, Milwaukee's going to be really, really good. And C, Giannis will walk into what? Like 30-12-7? and 30-12-6? Like, I think Giannis is an auto bet at 750 because I can guarantee you if he stays healthy, that number's going to drop at some point during the regular season. I'll lean Luka. My favorite play is going to be Giannis. I can't turn down 750. I mean, that, that's just a great deal. I don't know. I thought you were going to take uh, Ben Simmons at 400 to 1, but that was just my personal opinion. I mean, if Terrell's going to throw in like a dollar on the Wizards to win the title, then maybe I could throw a dollar <laughs> yeah, on Ben not? Simmons yeah. MVP. Why, I mean, you know, why but, not, yo? Like, why would you try? Uh, but I can't, say no that, to, I can't say no to Giannis. F- I, I just can't. The Steph line is intriguing. Because if you just sit here and think about who's going to be probably the best teams in the league, the Warriors could very well be one of the best teams in the league. So that's interesting. I didn't just hear if you said Kawhi you at Kawhi. 40 to one. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was. That's, that's what, what I was, was about yeah. to ask you. Where's gonna, Kawhi sitting at? That Kawhi. feels like that's. It feels like the Clippers could actually really be the number one seed, and they could be the the number one seed that really shouldn't be a number one seed, but they had such a good regular season that they're the number one seed. Yeah. I think forty is too low. Yeah, I think so. it should be closer to 60 or 70. Hmm. I don't think he's going to play enough games. Mm, you have to remember that his old management on. kills MVP awards. And from what I've seen from Kawhi and really the Clippers' philosophy, they are willing to rest players a lot. And Kawhi is a great player. I know that when he's healthy, he is a top 10 player easily, not even close. But he's off an ACL injury. He didn't play last year. And I know the Clippers, especially early on, are going to ease him back because of the layoff. So I have no interest in Kawhi. I think it should be a lot higher than 40 to 1, but I understand the talent argument there. I'm trying to think of a long shot that, like a realistic long shot that I'm tempted by. Jaw's interesting because you know ESPN's going to show all his highlights so 40 times other, every night. I was the other one. And but I'm just going off of teams that I think could finish top of the West because I think the top, the, the West top. Is going to be the top team in the league. And what is Booker at? Booker was twenty-two to one. And what's Butler at? Fifty to one. <laughs> Butler's been injured a lot too. What but if I was going to pick one hail mary dart throw, I'd pick Jimmy Butler. Yeah, what about Paul George at ninety to one? Uh, he's not even the best player on his team. Yeah, but if you're saying that if they do end up as a number one seed, and then Kawhi is going to be in and out of the lineup. I think Paul George will be in under the lineup too. He can't stay healthy either. Like that, that neither can Butler. That's what I'm saying. That's why MVP awards, you rarely, if ever, see a long shot win. Yeah, you really never do. It's about Tom Kawhi got an MVP. Let's give me that Kawhi 41. Yeah, I like that Kawhi. I was gonna, I was gonna give that one out. I just think based on the injury history and the fact the Clippers might ease him along and might rest him at the end of the year just to keep him healthy for the playoffs. But if that's the only if that's your only reasoning for not taking it, that makes me want to take it because then it's just like, all right, so what if they just say forget all of that injury history? He has a very healthy season and he plays more games. And I'm like, all right, then it should be a no brainer. So I also don't know if his stats are good enough at the end of the year in comparison to the other guys to win. Because Kawhi is not going to get you double-digit rebounds. He's not going to get you double-digit assists. He'll get you like two or three steals a game, and he'll average you about 25. But you're going to stack up his numbers at the end of the he's year. Put up, he's, put up, he's put up 30, like even with Paul George in the lineup. He's had long stretches where he's been averaging. What's the most points, though, that he's averaged in a season? 
Oh, over the course of the season, I don't know that. Like mid, like mid to slightly but high twenties. If we, we talk, talk about, about what he's what he's talked about, if we talk about what he's done in the past, and how did we even end up on this? We're drawing this episode out, but <laughs> if we talk fault. about what he's it's done in fault. the past. Yeah, if we talk about what he's done in the past and watching the spurts of Kawhi that has shown up, we've seen him for spurts go off for weeks at a time, 30, 30 plus points per game with Paul George even in the lineup. And that's kind of my same my same philosophy with Trey Young. Trey Young has done that for spurts at a time over the course of a season. At some point, they're going to put it together for a whole season. And, you know, 41 is enough odds where I'm like, all right, sure. So I, wrap- I get the argument. I'm just looking at the numbers going. Kawhi in his career has averaged about 25, 6, and 5. Let's just say he averages that. Let's say he goes for like 26, 7, and 5. No, and but then you look saying, at the end of the but year. If you say he's an MVP year, he has to go up from that. Like that's what I'm saying. So let's say, let's say that he goes for 27, 28 points, seven rebounds, six assists. You throw him against Giannis, who's averaging 32 and 15, and you throw him against Jokic, who's averaging about 31, 10 and nine. Does he win? Probably not. I, I, I think the, where those teams are at, and where's that Clippers? If that Clippers team finishes what people think, and people think they're going to be really good because Clippers have what the second shortest, the shortest is some sites, some sites, the second shortest and other sites to, to win the championship. If the Clippers are everything and what we think they are regular season wise, and they have a great regular season, add that on top of Kawhi being the best player, then yeah. And he's coming off an injury. I mean, I don't know. I just see, we talk about the media. We talk about stories and the storylines. The Kawhi storyline is pretty good. I think the best storylines Embiid. No, yeah, of course it's Embiid because he's lost it. So yeah, I'm saying, but that's the best story one. So if you want to play the narrative argument, take Embiid. But the dirty, the durability issues are concerning for me. But for you're Embiid. not getting the price uh, of Embiid. You, so no, I know. That's what I was saying storylines. Yeah, you're getting the price. You're getting the price of a good storyline with Kawhi. I would take it. Yeah, that's why I was kind of going to say the issue I have with Kawhi is going to be the durability, similar to my issue with Embiid. So I, I get one, the value there, but I'm going to pass on Kawhi. Yeah, the one common denominator that has been for the. MVPs, I don't know, for past 10, 11 years has been the guy that has been number one in player efficiency rating has usually won the MVP. I think the one year that it didn't happen was when Westbrook won the uh, won, won mm-hmm. the uh, the MVP, I think, for... Uh, First average triple of triple-double since, yeah. like, Oscar and whatever. Yeah, and he broke that record for the regular season MVPs as well. All right, guys, great episode today. Uh, let's wrap it up. We'll be back again, like I said, throughout the offseason. Uh, Scott, uh, let, the know, let the people know where they can find you, man. So you can find me on Twitter at Reichel Radio, R-E-I-C-H-E-L Radio. Besides that, uh, looking forward to doing a tennis show probably either later today or tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, besides that, doing a bunch of editing. So, of course, uh, looking forward to covering more sports. And I know Terrell and I have a fantasy podcast at some point during this week. Yep. Terrell, anything else? Uh, when you get off your chest, and let the people know where they can find you, man. No, I have nothing else left to say at really real underscore underscore Instagram and Twitter. Let's go ahead and end it out here. But oh no, the Knicks odds have not changed to win the title at all whatsoever. Just throw that out there. Odds didn't change at all whatsoever. So there you go. All right, you guys can find me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. If you haven't already, make sure to check out the merch store, the newly rebranded merch store for SGPN store sportsgamblingpodcast.com make sure to get some nba gambling podcast gear as well as the other shows that we do have on the network the wnba gambling podcast as well check out terrell and scott there 
Uh, like I said, we'll be back throughout the off season. Maybe sometime next week we'll do another podcast for you guys, another episode of, uh, with the NBA. Till then, good luck with your bets this weekend. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna go get it. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball.